Welcome to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for joining me today. We have an exciting program that you're all going to want to listen to, because today I have with me Dr. Richard Gaines, who has a new treatment for erectile dysfunction that you're all going to want to listen to and spread the word about. This is quite exciting. But first, a couple of news and notes in psychology and medicine. I just want to remind you of two things. A couple of weeks ago, you remember I did a program on the Blue Zones. The Blue Zones are those five areas of the world where people are living 10 years longer than the rest of us. 10 years longer. This is science, folks. And for those of you who believe in science, you want to go to Google and type in Blue Zones and learn about them. Why are these people living not only 10 years longer, but they're living healthier? They have fewer cardiovascular incidents, fewer cases of cancer, much healthier lifestyles, and they look like they're having a lot of fun. So go to Google, type in Blue Zones, and learn about how they live, what they eat, and what they do. The other thing I want to remind you about, we talked about it once before, but it's so important that I'm bringing it to your attention again, and that are the new categories for blood pressure. Without going through all the categories, I just want to remind you that stores like Rite Aid have blood pressure cuffs. You can just walk in, sit down, and take your blood pressure. You needn't go to the doctor to do that. And I suggest when you do that, you sit down and take at least three or four readings, because sometimes... When you take a reading, you might be anxious at first. You might develop your own internal white coat syndrome and get an elevated uh, reading. So take it three or four times. doesn't cost you anything. Also, for those of you who want to go a little further, you can buy a blood pressure a monitor, probably now for 39 or $49, and have one in the house. But now we're going to talk about a new treatment for erectile dysfunction, the penis what an interesting what an interesting piece of technology the penis is a trifecta yeah it does three separate things we have a bladder that holds urine and that urine needs to make its way out of the body so there's a tube that comes from the bladder that goes down something It's called the urethra, that tube, and it goes through the penis. So one of the things the penis does is it transports waste liquid out of the body. That's number one. Number two, the penis is the method that we discharge semen, which is the little semen connect with an egg. They're all swimming like crazy, billions of them, I think billions, Dr. Morgan, Dr. Dr. Morgenthaler, Abraham Morgenthaler, you'll remember, a couple of weeks ago told us about how this works. Some of you can, you can listen to that on my archive, mindbodyhealthpolitics.org, the two interviews with Dr. Abraham Morgenthaler of Harvard. Okay, so the penis, one, is the transporter for the elimination of urine. Two, it's the transporter for semen. And three, it's a pleasure instrument, and it feels really good. When we touch the penis, if you get enough friction on it, it expands. That makes it rigid and turgid, which which allows us to put the penis into the vagina 
and that is how we procreate. We all know that. However, this turgidity and rigidity is necessary for the insertion of the penis. Otherwise, you have like trying to push a spaghetti into something and it just doesn't push. So, you'll remember that Abraham Morgenthaler told us that 50% of all men have experienced erectile dysfunction, or what's being referred to now as ED, at some time or another. After age 40, nearly 40% of men have to deal with the condition. And by 70 years of age, about 70% of men experience some form of erectile dysfunction. It's embarrassing, it's awkward, it reduces pleasure, it's something that we need to contend with. Okay, we have some medicines now that help a certain percentage of men, but not everyone, and these medicines are extremely expensive. Somebody told me the other day that Viagra is up to 20 or $30 a pill. What to do? Well, here's an interesting little story. Some years ago, scientists discovered that a drop of water hitting an airplane sends up a sound wave. And that sound wave from the little drop of water eventually over time deteriorates the metal on the plane. Very dangerous. Ah, scientists in Sweden looked at that and they started looking at those sound waves And they figured out that if you created those sound waves, light intensity sound waves, you could break up little stones in the bladder. What an interesting, what an interesting discovery. The scientists see this, what's going on in aviation, they apply it to human beings. And then comes Dr. Richard Gaines. Dr. Richard Gaines is president and chief medical officer of Health Gaines, an anti-aging medical practice he founded in 2005 after a distinguished 30-year career as a physician and healthcare executive. After graduating from Boston University School of Medicine in 1981, Dr. Gaines completed his internships at internship at Tufts University School of Medicine and his residency at Harvard Medical School. He is a fellow of the Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine, uh, F-A-A-R-M, for those of you who like abbreviations, from the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. He's board certified from the American Board of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine, and he is certified as a functional medicine practitioner. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics, Dr. Richard Gaines. Thanks, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. So... You took this sound wave technology that was being applied to the bladder to break up bladder stones and to the kidney to break up kidney stones, and you applied it to the penis. Start by telling us, how did this come about? Very interesting story. First of all, you know, as, a, um, as an age management uh, medical practitioner, over the years, you know, I spent a lot of time with, with, a lot of time with patients, their top goal, you know, their goals are usually, you know, body composition, uh, better cognition, thought processing, energy levels, uh, and sexual energy. It always comes up if I spend time with my patients, male and female. So um, I sort of went through all I could with uh, the other types of, uh, uh, of goals. With sexual energy, I came up against a wall. And uh, I looked for all sorts of uh, 
herbals and remedies and things that uh, we could offer because uh, sexual energy is 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 a very intimacy is a social we are social animals we need intimacy uh it's it's associated with all good things like good heart health good joint health uh better better sense of wellness um decreased incidence of cancer better blood pressure it's amazing what it's associated with now of course that doesn't mean causation but there is there is an association if you're able to be intimate you are going to be much more healthy so um but let me just uh, so interrupt I, and underline that in red, please. Would yeah. you say that again? I think what I heard you saying, yeah. if you're able to be intimate, you are yes. much more healthy. Did I get it right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think that, uh, it, to me, it's a very important uh, aspect of, uh, of medicine. And it should be, uh, it should be really addressed in, in, by every physician uh, with their patients. Uh, so... Uh, I did all I could uh, researching what was available, and there is there is some um, uh, good evidence that when you apply these um, shockwave or acoustic waves uh, to the penis, you can increase blood flow by actual development of new blood vessels, new nerve tissue, uh, and um, and actually repair collagen and defects that have occurred over the aging process. This, it, it's really remarkable. First of all, this whole, this whole technology called acoustic wave therapy or shock wave therapy was um, really, it, it came about uh, during World War II when, when the German army noticed when submerged sailors were exposed to depth charges, they would be killed. They brought up the bodies, no external damage at all. But, of course, on autopsy, uh, they've had massive hemorrhage. And they thought that it might be a good idea to develop this for warfare, I guess. So the uh, department, um, the War Department in Germany spent a lot of um, money researching this uh, over the years. There were a flurry of studies, uh, and uh, they, they were actually the first to, uh, to show that they can uh, destroy a kidney stone. And that was done in 1971. And uh, it became the gold standard here for kidney stones uh, in 1984, I think it was. Um, it's interesting because I, um, I, had a, I had a kidney stone in 1989 because in Florida I, I run a lot and I, I, I don't drink enough water and I developed a kidney stone. And um, it was before we, the hospital got a lithotripter, in other words, a sound, uh, sound wave generator to destroy these stones. So I had to go, I had to go on, you know, the old-fashioned basket where they have to go in and get the, uh, get the stone that way. Uh, but, let, um, let me just say something for my listeners. This old-fashioned yeah. basket that, uh, that Dr. Yeah. Gaines is talking about, it's actually a little tiny basket, and what happens is they put a device in through your penis into right through the urethra, which is called a cystoscope. And through the cystoscope, if you can imagine this, another device is placed, and on the end of the other device is a little tiny basket. That's the basket he just referred to. Yeah. And what they do is they grab the stone with the basket and pull it out right through the cystoscope. Isn't that accurate? Ouch. It's out. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's under general anesthesia, and uh, lithotripsy is also. But uh, the, uh, two years later, the hospital got um, uh, a lithotripser, and I had another stone. 
So, so um, basically, they did this lithotripsy, and it was very straightforward, a little anesthesia. They applied the lithotripter and turned the stone into powder. And um, uh, at that point, uh, uh, just the urine would carry it out of your, uh, your system. It used to be, when these stones developed, they were, they were large enough and, and affecting uh, health and your urinary function, they would have to, have to cut you open. That's right. To get the kid, to get, they don't do that anymore. It's this is the gold standard for uh, for, uh, for turning stones into powder. Now that's a high-powered lithotripters are one hundred times more powerful than the uh, the shockwave therapy I'm talking about. Because over the years, what's developed is, uh, you know, it, it was first uh, it was first a urological tool, and then what they've noticed uh, after people received this treatment, um, they uh, a lot of these people with kidney stones, they woke up and they had. They didn't have their back pain, or they didn't have their hip pain, and uh, so the orthopedics uh, got involved, and they were applying this to tendinopathies and uh, and muscle pain, and it actually seems to work to increase blood flow temporarily to various areas. Uh, So they they took hold of this, and they show they've shown that they actually can uh, dissolve calcium within joints, shoulder soldier the shoulder joint in particular. But within joints, you can dissolve the calcium, and you can actually treat the health. Of, uh, you can increase joint health by applying these uh, these uh, shock waves. So, people who uh, are listening to our program today, Rich, uh, who yeah. are having shoulder pain and shoulder difficulties, this is the kind of thing that they'd want to mention to their physician, who might not be aware of it. That it's possible that they could, the physician could send them somewhere where they could get an acoustic wave. Uh, uh, sent into their shoulder, dissolve some of the grit, the calcium, and uh, and r- r- diminish the pain significantly. Is that right? For sure, for sure. If that is if that is the reason, sometimes, of course, you know, with ruptured tendons and things like this, you'd probably have to, uh, uh, you know, undergo an arthroscopy. Yes. But uh, with uh, with appropriate conditions, this works. It's available. Physical therapists have it, and it's uh, it happens to be FDA approved. This material, this machine in the United States. Or these machines uh, with low-intensity shockwave therapy are FDA-approved for three things. Plantar fasciitis, which is a problem with the, the bottom of the foot. Um, uh, lateral epicondylitis, which is, which is tennis elbow. Because both, of, both these maladies are treated better with shockwave therapy than cortisone injections. Okay, so because a lot of our listeners... For that. Thank you. That's very helpful because many of our listeners could have what, what's referred to as tennis elbow, and you're informing yep. them that they could actually go to a physical therapist, and the physical therapist uh, has this piece of equipment, the uh, uh, light intensity, uh, I think it's what it's called, a light intensity, low, low intensity, uh, low intensity yeah. extracorporeal uh, uh, shockwave shock machine. Therapy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the, uh, there's, one, there's one other thing that it's FDA approved for. And that is the temporary increase in blood flow. So my temporary increase is probably a year or so, because we know that there are new blood vessels developing. And I say that we know this is because that there are histologic studies. There are studies showing what happens when human tissue, rabbit tissue, um, they've done a lot of research on rats, uh, but uh, the uh, the tissue responds uh, to uh, the application of these acoustic waves. It's remarkable. You know, if you think about it, we have 100 billion cells in our body, 100 trillion, and um, 
uh, we live out we the, we live in an environment well the cells live in an environment uh, environment too and when you uh, shake these up with a, uh, with a specific shock wave these cells will release growth factors uh, uh, that actually will change their uh, genetic um, signaling it will create uh, it, it, it will create repair and um, create it may it may actually uh, Create a proliferation. In other words, it can it can uh, draw stem cells to the area. These growth factors, these stem cells can be caused to differentiate into tissues that need to be repaired, and uh, then you will get new blood vessels. It will uh, increase the, um, uh, the the nerve tissue health, and this is, has been shown in studies. As a matter of fact, um, at the University of California, San Francisco. Uh, Dr. Louis, who is the um, he was the keynote speaker at the American um, the American Neurological Association meeting a few years ago, he presented this topic, and he showed that, of course, he, they sacrificed rat penises, but uh, they, he showed that before and after shockwave therapy, uh, that the proliferating stem cells quadruple in number after a single shockwave treatment. So stem cells are good; they repair tissue. And they develop uh, new new vessels if they have to. Uh, one of the major reasons for erectile dysfunction as we age is blood flow. So, eighty percent of the cause of erectile dysfunction is considered due to low blood flow. They're, the vessels in the penis are very small and delicate. They're helical. They're, they're spiral and they uh, actually develop atherosclerosis just like the rest of the body as we age. As a matter of fact, there are studies showing that um, uh, if you have ED, you probably have some uh, coronary artery disease. Let me ask you a question here. You're talking now about atherosclerosis of the vessels in the penis. Would Would that mean that people who are taking the time to watch their cholesterol should be very watch and care about their penis should be watching very carefully because high cholesterol could actually affect the vessels in the penis is that correct because by creating an ather in the same way that that high cholesterol can create atherosclerosis in vessels going to the heart Absolutely. It'll accelerate the process. And I'm going to put in a little commercial now, because, folks, you know how much I talk about nutrition on this program. And here Dr. Richard Gaines is telling us there's a correlation between what you eat, namely the cholesterol, the fat in what you eat, and the effect on your penis. So it's in your interest to get more nutritionally conscious about what you eat, and it's in your interest to learn, particularly you guys, it's in your interest to learn about which foods are going to lower your cholesterol and which foods are going to raise your cholesterol because your sexual life depends on it. By the way, for those of you who are just just tuning in, this is Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miller, and our guest today is Dr. Richard Gaines, who is talking to us about a breakthrough technology for treating erectile dysfunction. Okay, take us back now to the vascularization or neovascularization of the penis, Rich. Okay. The... um we we know that the, as I said before that there is growth factors that are stimulated with uh, with uh, sh- acoustic wave therapy, and uh, 
the the oria we were talking about the vessels in the uh, within the penis and we know that with treatments of, of acoustic wave therapy you can increase the number of these uh, vessels and improve the quality of each vessel uh, by by stimulating them with acoustic wave therapy how did what's uh, the mechanism talk- what's the mechanism by which the acoustic wave uh, creates this uh, neovascularization the uh, it's a good question, but uh, I can tell you that there's two ways wh- you can increase blood flow, and one of them is it's thought that you may be actually dissolving some calcium that might be obstructing these tiny microscopic vessels, uh, and we know that because of the growth factors and the stem cells that are recruited to the area, that they will, in fact, turn in and create turn into blood vessels, and create collateralization uh, of, the, of the blood flow. Um, what's interesting is that this is very important uh, to know um, because I think that this technology can be applied to other areas of the body, one of them being coronary arteries themselves. There is evidence, and there are studies, China and Japan, where they've applied specific shock waves to myocardium. It increases uh, myocardial contractility, left ventricular and diastolic volume, or amount of blood that can be pumped, and uh, decreases the use of nitroglycerin, increases uh, exercise tolerance. So, so I think that this is even almost... Obviously, it's as important as what I'm talking about for the penis. Actually, in in preparing um, for the program, Rich, uh, I was I was reading uh, some of the articles that you uh, were kind enough to send me, and one of them was on the uh, left uh, ventricular flow and volume uh, change as a function of the acoustic wave. I sent it to a cardiologist. that I use and who's a colleague, and uh, he he wrote back immediately that he's quite interested. The, I mean, this oh, is this very, is huge. It's incredibly exciting, and uh, you know we're we're a bit slow on the uptake in the United States, but they are, they actually are using this in uh, China and Japan. Uh, so they're going to have, of course, they'll have a m- many more studies coming out. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, in Europe, they've been using uh, acoustic wave therapy uh, for erectile dysfunction for about eight years now. And uh, a lot of research has been done in uh, Denmark, Germany, uh, Israel, uh, in uh, India, uh, and uh, the uh, myriad studies show the benefits. What's interesting is there wasn't one study done in the United States until January of 2017 when it was published. And what it is is a meta-analysis, which means they took a bunch of studies that have um, that uh, were double-blinded, randomized, and controlled uh, from Europe, and um, uh, and of course statistically evaluated them. Uh, the study was done by the uh, departments of urology, University of Miami, Baylor College, and uh, the University of um, uh, University of California, San Francisco. Was that Vardy? Collaborative. Uh, Vardy is the Israeli uh, researcher who's published a lot of uh, studies, correct? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he didn't contribute to these studies because this was just, in a way he did. Of course, they used some of his studies. Yeah, I saw that. This was, a, this was a meta-analysis. Uh-huh. The, bottom, the bottom line is that this first study that was 
done here. Uh, it was a, actually a meta-analysis or evaluation of studies. Their bottom line is that acoustic wave therapy works for erectile dysfunction. Now, you would think, okay, so they should be doing the studies on their own. I actually called um, Ramasamy, who is one of the contributors to the study in University of Miami, and uh, I said, listen, why don't you, why don't, you know, I'm using this, it works. Why don't you get, why don't you do a study? Why don't we do a study? Because, well, we, we're ready to go. We're just waiting for FDA approval. And uh, I said, FDA approval, that's going to take a long time. And he says, yeah, well, we're waiting for us. We're waiting for some go-ahead so that we can go do the study. So I think it's going to be a few years before it's FDA approved. We'll probably be doing some studies. I mean, the, the universities will probably be doing some studies over the next few years. But even after that, it takes years uh, to get approved, just like, um, you know, HIFU, high-intensity focused ultrasound, which is also shockwave therapy uh, for, um, you know, dissolving prostate cancer. That's, uh, that's something that uh, was around, has been around for a long time. And um, and it's just becoming acceptable in the United States, and it's not FDA approved yet. But there are centers uh, using this technology. Yes, there men. is. There's actually. Uh, I'm here in California, and there's a, a, pl- a place in uh, Santa Rosa, I believe, that's using HIFU for dissolving prostate cancer, and it yes. uh, it looks really good, doesn't it? As certainly as compared to. Uh, uh, take uh, the alternative. The alternative, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. and what's interesting, it is shockwave therapy. Uh, what, the difference between shockwave therapy and ultrasound is that ultrasound is a biphasic sinusoidal wave. Shockwave is basically a positive deflection. That's all it is. There is a small negative, but it's not equal. It's mostly a positive deflection. So that's shockwave, and that's that haifu has a very high frequency, so they use the component of heat to destroy tissue. Um, what I have is low-intensity uh, extracorporeal shockwave therapy is actually much lower frequency. As a matter of fact, it's on the order of 15 hertz, which is 15 pulses per second to 20 pulses per second. That's like nothing, you know? And um, it, it actually, um, uh, 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 that, single, that single pulse... Uh, being so slow uses the phenomena of something called mechanical transduction, which which actually shakes the cells in the in the uh, focused area in the area we're treating, and also something called capitation, which is actually some um, it's actually bubbles that come out of liquid and pop within a millisecond and create uh, create uh, stimulation or energy. So uh, no heat. We're not using heat uh, with this type of technology. And it's, it really doesn't need, you don't need any anesthesia. You know, the uh, guys can come in and get it done. Um, uh, it's very easy to uh, do. It's a 20-minute procedure. And uh, basically, it's uh, treating areas where blood flow is very important, uh, the blood flow to the pelvis and penis. And so, how yeah. does the shockwave know where to go when you apply it to the penis? In other words, why, how does it know to stop at the, at the spongy tissue, which is the tissue that expands when blood flows into it? How does it know to stop mm-hmm. there rather than go right through the penis, right out the other side, for example? Great question. And, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of things. It does go out the other side, and it does, uh, it, and it does affect all the tissue in between. Ah. Now, there, uh-huh. there, yeah, there are two. You know, there are two ways of uh, delivering shockwave. Um, one is with a focused wave, and that w- that means they can actually 
off a parabolic surface, they can focus this um, this shock wave on a stone, for instance. That's lithotripsy. Uh, that's destructive wave. Uh, this is uh, th- this is what I'm talking about is a radial wave, which is actually uh, more of a a flat wave that goes um, in through the tissue and actually can penetrate two or three centimeters deep. So um, it's it's more, I consider it more safe. Uh, but it is uh, it is still shockwave. Same uh, the same uh, uh, quality shockwave is applied to a larger area, and you just you can take this um, sound wave generator, which is basically a microphone. Uh, but what it is is it's a handheld piece of equipment with a, a tube in it. The tube has a bullet in it or a metal slug, and through either pneumatic or electronic um, means, this bullet goes back and forth within the handheld piece. When it goes forward, it hits a strike plate, which generates a sound wave through the tip of the instrument into the tissues and uh, creates stimulation. Is it the sound, is, is it the sound yeah. wave that's measured in something called megajoules? Yes, it's, a, it's a Ex- called millijoules per a milliliter squared, millimeter squared. Explain to our listeners. Power. Yeah, explain to our listeners what uh, what millijoules or megajoules are, please. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of ways of measuring pressure uh, or any type of pressure. One is bar, and you can see that you can see that on um, uh, you can see that on maps actually isobars. Well, bar is one atmosphere. So uh, you can set the machine to a certain bar level. Um, we're living at one atmosphere. Well, you can set it to, we, go, we use between three and four bars, uh, which is four times atmosphere, which stimulates tissues. Now, there's another way of measuring. Uh, the, uh, the bar is equal to a certain amount of millijoules per millimeter squared, which is also a measure of pressure. Uh, so we know that we need to deliver between, 100, uh, between 60 and 120 millijoules per millimeter squared to the tissues. Uh, There's also flux density and other ways of measuring. And what's interesting in the studies, all the studies that I've uh, looked at, they all have a different way of talking about pressure. There is no standardization yet. Uh, Millimeters per millimeter squared is probably the the way to go, uh, but there's all different ways of measuring pressure. and that's what that's what that those stand for is uh, is the amount of pressure applied uh, to the um, to the surface of the skin through uh, through a, a, a medium like a, a gel because uh, sound waves will propagate faster through gel or water about four times as fast. Um, the other thing was I was going to mention um, we were talking about. Sound waves. Let me see. Well, I can. I, I can help you. Here. Sure. So, yeah. okay. So, for the men listening, there's nothing to be afraid of here. There are no needles going into their penis. There's no uh, incision into the penis. There's no medicine to take. And right. basically, what happens is this wand that you've described uh, is applied to the penis, and with a certain amount of pressure that you say is measured, say in bars or these millijoules, mm-hmm. and at a certain rate of application. That's in Hertz that you described. The, yes. the, this is this is uh, uh, applied to the penis for a certain amount of time. How long does the does the person sit there and, and have this applied to the penis? 
It's usually 15, 20 minutes, and, and you made a good point, and, and that's, that's what I was trying to say. There are three, there are three variables that we look at when we are applying uh, this, uh, this technology. It's bar or millijoules per millimeter squared. Uh, it's um, the frequency. You choose a frequency. When you choose a lower frequency uh, between 12 and 15, penetration is thought to be a bit deeper. Uh, higher frequencies are more tolerable. Uh, because the you know the constant uh, jackhammer effect is is sort of annoying, but it also creates some it also creates a little anesthesia. So we usually start with a high frequency, go down to a low frequency. So it's pressure, frequency, and number of pulses that we look at. The actual number have, of pulses that go into yes, the penis. Yeah. Right, and it's usually between eight and uh, fourteen thousand uh, during the during the treatment period. I'm asking these detailed questions because I want men who are listening to it to, to, to get as comfortable and feel as comfortable with it as possible because I'm imagining that men are pretty scared coming into your office when they are coming in to have something done with a machine to their penis, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, yeah, absolutely. And we explain it thoroughly, just like uh, you are explaining to your audience, uh, that it is uh, totally safe. There hasn't been any complications, and you would think, uh, you know, there would be some complications out of the thousands of patients who've, uh, who've undergone this. The most common complication, which is very rare, is uh, uh, some skin excoriation. In other words, you st- spend too much time in one area, mm-hmm. which I've never seen. So uh, it's, uh, it's uh, and by the way, the uh, equipment, I always tell my men after, after the, the therapy, you can, use, you can use the equipment this evening if you have the opportunity. Now, one of the questions I got in an email here about the show is, um, say, what happens if my doctor uh, uses the wrong setting on the machine, and uh, mm-hmm. can, he, can he destroy my penis? Uh, unlikely, because uh, they, uh, I do recommend training, of course, and that's, uh, we, do, we do training um, uh, for all physicians who are interested uh, but it's, it's extremely unlikely because these machines, again, the machine I'm using is FDA-approved. Uh, the only problem that would develop is probably the excoriation over the surface of the, uh, on the skin. But not, um, that, not that he the, the doctor, if he, if he used the wrong number of, uh, setting for the megajoules of, of, uh, of intensity right. or for the wrong yeah. number of, of hertz for the frequency, he wouldn't destroy the inside of my penis? The, the, the question no, is probably not. Probably not. But if they, if you go uh, on, with, if you go with a too high pressure, yes. Now these machines probably can't get up to uh, the pressure that will do that. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, you have a good point because, yeah, I'm sure you can hurt someone if you uh, don't know the proper settings. Uh, we know that first of all, focused ultrasound uh, is is designed for destruction. Exactly. Yes, but this, this type of ultrasound isn't. Right. But it still can. It still is something you need to know about, and that's why it's a, it's a, you know um, you need to have a healthcare provider uh, who has been trained to do this. Yes. Uh, so I, I, this type of service. I would assume, uh, and the listeners, I, I, are, I guess, are wondering, there is a difference between the high foo machine that's used to destroy yes. and the low intensity machine that you're using. They're different machines, aren't they? It's not as if one machine and you put different settings on it. Is that yeah, correct? You can't just turn up. You can't turn up a dial on this one. No. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Now you you yeah. mentioned something before, and I I notice here it's in this email that uh, 
you apply a, a gel or some liquid to the penis, which enhances the treatment. Now, if the doctor forgets the gel, is there going to be a problem? Uh, you know, there probably wouldn't be a problem, but he, uh, in other words, it, 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 it won't damage anything, but I think it may be more painful to the patient, and he wouldn't be delivering uh, a, uh, a quality uh, pulse. Uh-huh. Because you need ultrasound to get this pulse, this acoustic wave, to be propagated uh, through the tissue. Uh-huh. And the, it's, it's used as a coupling agent. What is the gel? Uh, what, what is the gel, it's, Rich? It's, a, it's ultrasound gel. Just it's that simple. Ultrasound ultrasound, gel. Just ultrasound yeah. gel. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor. You know, uh, with yeah, with litho- with lithotripsy, when they do it, you know, dissolve when they destruct the kidney stone, they have a, a, a gel pack that they put on the patient's uh, uh, side, and they put this, they put the uh, lithotripter over that, and the sound wave goes through that into the tissues of the body. By the way, Same th- thing. this is a total aside, but recently uh, my uh, uh, Sasha, my Russian wolfhound, uh, had uh, cysteine crystals in his urethra, and, uh, and it was blocked. And so we had to go in there, and I did uh, research on lithotripsy. And it turns out that, that lithotripsy is not used uh, in the bladder of dogs because they can't focus the machine tightly enough yes. to get to the individual stones. Uh, it yes, just sets up a wave in the entire bladder, whereas you're, you, you men or uh, uh, professionals are able to focus the machine on kidney stones, but on yes. on bladder stones. Because uh, you know, in, in the bladder, uh, bladder especially, I mean, the stones aren't really; uh, they're isolated. They might be in free space. Uh, focusing again is destru- is a destructive type of uh, process. Uh, if you focus all the energy to one spot. And you have to be very, very accurate. Yes. And I guess that's probably why they can't uh, can't do it, because they can't be very accurate. No, they uh, weren't the able to use it. In fact, I talked to the surgeon about your work, about uh, <laughs> and the work in the penis. Yeah. And it turns out that uh, they had to go into the bladder with a laser through the assistoscope, something called a yeah. homium YAG laser. And then they, they use the cystoscope to get to right to each individual crystal, and then they touch the laser to it, and they fragment the crystal that way. It's a different procedure. But again, did that's they do dis- that for you? Pardon? Did, did they do that for your dog? They did it for my dog and saved my dog. Yeah, I'm very That's great. Yeah, that's, it's really, I wanted to hear the ending. Yeah, yeah f- 15 individual. They had 15 individual crystals. And you have to imagine this, folks. This is an instrument going in through the tiny opening of the penis of the dog, and then through that opening goes the cystoscope, which has a little television camera on the end to sh- that shows them what they're seeing inside. And then through that instrument goes another instrument that has the laser on it. This is really super-duper technology. But you're listening yep. to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miller, and we have an exciting interview today with Dr. Richard Gaines, who's here talking about what he calls the Gaines Wave Treatment. It's low-intensity acoustic wave treatment for erectile dysfunction, and the research that he's bringing us indicates that it actually creates neo, what's called neovascularization of the penis. That means new vessels are formed. That's what it means, isn't it, uh, Rich? New vessels are are being formed in the penis, and, and in addition, you're bringing stem cells to the penis. So let's talk about um, the efficacy of the treatment. What do we know about follow-up and clinical results? 
Well, you know, the uh, the studies, the ones that were formerly done with double-blinded, random, randomized, sham-controlled studies in humans show that uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of, bunch of different conclusions. Uh, one was that they, um, uh, they, had, uh, they had no need, uh, th- those who received uh, a proper shockwave therapy had no need for uh, PD-5 inhibitors or Viagra and Cialis, while the ones that didn't get shockwave therapy continued to require the need for that. Uh, so, uh, and in, in a high percentage, I'm talking about 80% of those who received shockwave therapy improves to the point where they were able to get off Viagra and Cialis. Uh, there are other studies showing that um, uh, double-blinded randomized controlled studies, which means they have a group that they they provide service, but it's not quali- it's not the quality shockwave we're talking about. And those who get the quality shockwave we talk of, we're talking about, and those who received it uh, were again eighty percent. Uh, some of them are it's between um, uh, sixty and eighty percent success in improving their SHIM score or their um, international index of erectile function scores. Uh, those who didn't receive this had a much of course, much less success. Uh, so, the control um, group. Yeah, yeah. And um, then there are other clinical studies showing the same type of thing. Uh, it, it's really remarkable. And uh, some of these studies, uh, there's a skin, one Scandinavian study in particular uh, that uh, concluded that this may be the cure for erectile dysfunction. Um, uh, it's, and Israel, in Israel, they're doing all these studies. Uh, Vardy is the uh, urologist uh, that you indicated before, he's done a lot of studies on this since 2000, year 2009, and uh, uh, his studies have uh, accumulated showing that they get about 70-80% success in, um, in, in improving uh, SHIM scores or in, uh, the uh, International Index of Erectile Function scores uh, in, in, a, in a good range, in, uh, in a range where they don't they have either minimal or no ED. Now, ED is is one uh, condition that the treatment is used for. Now, there's also uh, uh, something called uh, the micropenis, which is males who have uh, a relatively small penis, and sometimes uh, it's difficult for them to achieve penetration. Uh, Does does this um, uh, neovascularization improve a girth or a length rather of, of the penis is there any indication of that it's it's that's a good question i, t- I can tell you that uh, that those studies haven't really been done i can tell you my experience yes that i see i do see increased vascularity especially the veins on the surface after a number of treatments um and after a period of time of course this is the practice of medicine everyone's different but i've seen this um, and I uh, know that erectile function improves. Erectile function based on vascular blood flow. If it's based on vascular blood flow, blood flow is substance. If you have more blood flow, you're going to have more size and girth. Um, I'm not saying that this is designed to increase size and girth, but I do not turn anyone away. And I do have some men. I have two men with uh, with micropenises. I have... I have had some success uh, with shockwave as well as with PRP uh, with the sa- in the same treatment uh, phase. So these people receive PRP or platelet-rich plasma, um, which are, are their own growth factors from their own blood, with, coupled with 
um, uh, gains wave therapy. Now we have uh, some, some good we, success. Excuse me, we have some time yeah. left. So you just mentioned uh, PRP, uh, platelet-rich uh, plasma. Please tell our listeners what that is because it's new, and a lot of people have not heard about it. Yeah, platelet-rich plasma is, uh, you know, as opposed to um, acoustic wave therapy for erectile dysfunction. There's thousands of studies on uh, on PRP and the effect on tissue, and it's used in orthopedics. And um, we know that uh, it works uh, to improve the quality of tissue. Now, what it is is basically uh, we you take some uh, within the blood there are growth factors, and within platelets there are a lot of growth factors. So we take blood, we spin it down, and try to isolate the platelets which have these growth factors. Uh, these growth factors uh, stimulate um, tissue growth, uh, uh, neovascularization, just like we're talking about for shockwave therapy. Uh, it also, uh, they also have growth factors which signal stem cells to deposit in that region where it's injected. So we have here now we have some of the, pr- the uh, patient's own growth factors in a syringe, and we inject it into tissue. PRP can be injected anywhere. They're injecting faces. They're injecting uh, shoulders and joints, uh, and, uh, and and it's showing clinical improvement. So, when you uh, inject it into the penis, it is thought to increase vascularization and uh, nerve tissue and sensitivity. Uh, so, uh, PRP is basically good for anyone because it's just isolating your own growth factors within the platelets, uh, and then injecting the platelets which will then secrete the growth, growth factors. Uh, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's been, um, it's, it's been talked about a lot over the last few years, more than uh, acoustic wave therapy. But I think acoustic wave therapy is even more valuable. And coupled together, uh, I think they are synergistic. Well, that's where I was going next, because I know in reading about your work that you use a, a variety of treatments for erectile dysfunction. Uh, you use the yep. acoustic wave. You use PRP. Tell us about some of the other treatments you use and how you decide which ones. I mean, I know you use hormone replacement therapy. Let's talk about that. Yes. And let's talk a little about a testosterone therapy, please. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had Morgenthaler on your, your program, and uh, uh, he's uh, one of uh, uh, the people I uh, really respect because he... Uh, he showed that uh, testosterone for men is extremely important and therapeutic and protective. Um, and uh, at the American Urological Association, I uh, watched him uh, debate this topic, and it looks like conventional urologists are actually coming around. Uh, testosterone does not cause prostate cancer. It doesn't. Now, it may, uh, they, they don't know yet, but it may increase the uh, growth, but it does not cause it. As a matter of fact, Morgan Taylor's first study, I'm sure you talked about this, Morgan Taylor's first study, which was published in the 90s, showed that low levels of uh, testosterone are associated with more aggressive prostate cancer. So uh, we know that testosterone is good for your cardiovascular system, your thought processing. Uh, there's more testosterone receptors in the brain than anywhere else. Uh, it's, good for, it's good for joint health. It's good for, for uh, myocardial health, um, and uh, we know that it improves improves your motivation and, of course, your sexual energy. If so I understand him, lose, cor- excuse me. If I understand yeah. him correctly, Rich, 
he's not only saying that it does not cause, that testosterone does not cause prostate cancer, I believe he's saying it fights prostate cancer. It does not increase if you have prostate cancer. It doesn't exacerbate it. It actually fights it. And that's why young men rarely get prostate cancer, because they have higher testosterone levels. That's uh, one theory, and I, I believe it. Uh, Do you? It, it's very exciting. It's very exciting, and the urologists are turning around. Now, these urologists always thought that testosterone fed the fire of uh, prostate cancer. Yes. That isn't true. And that was based on a study with three patients in the 1940s. Yes. Huggins, I think it was. That was Huggins, uh, who won so, the Nobel Prize. Uh, that's correct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, now it, it's been turned around. And they actually, there are some centers treating prostate cancer with pulse testosterone therapy. Yes. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. After we've had who knows how many men in this country who've had their testicles removed in order not to uh, produce androgen. Unbelievable. That is but, unbelievable. Uh, you know, that just shows you the hormones that we lose over time are protective. And, uh, you know, there's other hormones for, uh, for females as well, you know, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. You know, as men, we need estrogen as well. And uh, uh, it's very important for cardiovascular health. It's been shown in studies. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, my organization is called Health Gains. I want to improve and maintain patients' health and increase their health span. We know that replacing hormones, it's in the literature, so that's not just my opinion, replacing hormones to an optimal level. I'm not talking super physiologic, which, of course, that's abuse. I'm talking about optimal levels in the normal range, the upper third of what's normal in, in, a, in a 35-year-old or 40-year-old you will be able to decrease the incidence of Alzheimer's and osteoporosis and diabetes and coronary artery disease. You'll, you'll oppose frailty and fractured hips. Uh, you'll keep your mind sharp. You won't develop Alzheimer's even if you have the gene. It's, it's, uh, it's really incredible. I mean, uh, women, there's been studies in women showing that with estrogen replacement, uh, they, they um, have 80% less, less incidence of Alzheimer's disease. So um, there is a lot of good stuff that we can replace naturally, and these are natural substances. These aren't chemicals made by Big Pharma. These are natural substances. That might be one of the reasons why it's not totally accepted yet in the conventional medical community because, listen, I loved, uh, you know, I, I was a conventional med uh, medicine guy once, and um, I loved pharmacology and physiology. And I uh, love knowing about uh, what's available to treat uh, illness. And, and basically, all those chemicals and drugs are Band-Aids for, um, for processes that aren't being cured. You know, I, 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 I want to maintain patients' health, prevent degenerative disease, and treat the root cause of erectile dysfunction with Gainswave. Do you yourself use testosterone? Yes, I do. And uh, I, uh, I actually take what I need. It's actually, uh, uh, it's, I, have to, uh, I have to be honest with you, it's less than, uh, 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 than a lot of my people my age because I started 25 years ago. How old are you uh, now? You know, I'm 64. You look terrific. 
By the way, the listeners, oh, thank you. you look really good. I, I can thank see you. him because although we're talking and you listeners can hear uh, audio, uh, I'm, uh, I'm ta- uh, I can see Dr. Gaines on the screen here because we're using Skype as well. And he looks terrific. Yep. He looks vital yep. uh, and, uh, and energetic. And uh, that says a lot in and of itself because uh, you know, the proof of the pudding yep. is in uh, you know, how the person looks. Uh, yeah. So... How many uh, people are, are asking, I'm getting buzzes here, how many times does a person have to have the acoustic wave uh, treatment to their penis, uh, and over what period of time? Uh, they, that's an important question, please. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting is when I first started, I introduced this about two, two and a half years ago, and finally was able to find a, a, an adequate uh, a pulse generator with the specs, uh, proper specs, and uh, I... Um, I performed this on three patients. The first, uh, they were patients of mine already, but they had some issues. Uh, and I performed this free to these patients. And the first three patients were what I call early responders. In other words, two of them said that night their erectile quality or they were waking up with uh, erectile quality was 100% and they woke up with you know, spontaneous erections. Is it theoretically you know, possible that the penis responded to the uh, that quickly? I mean, actually, and and, and, and created neovascularization in twenty four hours. Listen, <laughs> I I am just as skeptical as you are. I don't think it was a neo. I don't think it was a neovascularization. I think what happens is most ED is caused by vascular issues. These guys might have had. A set of uh, uh, the other twenty percent has uh, is iatrogenic or neurogenic or psychologic. Well, I think that we set up um, we have wiring that develops over the years in our brain. Uh, the uh, rectile ref- the re- uh, erectogenic reflex is is a spinal cord reflex. So people who have transsections of the spinal cord can still be stimulated and have an erection. Our brains suppress that erectogenic process. Or, or permit the erectogenic process. I think these guys might have had some wiring that was sort of stimulated or broken up a little bit when I did this. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, whatever it was, some people say, oh, it might have been microcalcification in these microvessels mm-hmm. that you freed up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of. Pro- I think it's more. I think it does treat uh, psychogenic type. Uh, of, mm-hmm. uh, of erectile dysfunction as well, but that's a theory. And I actually, Dr. Amen, I spoke, I spoke with Dr. Amen. He does the spec scan on the yes. brain. Yes. And I was thinking maybe before and after uh, shockwave. And he goes, "Yeah, let's talk." But we never got it together. Okay, we've but got about two minutes. Tell us how many treatments okay. do the average person take of this, and over what period of time? Because people want to know how often do I have to go and drive all the way and be there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are you right. Know, it it depend- imp- right. It depends on your level of erectile dysfunction, your your scores on erectile uh, dysfunction. Uh, we talk to you. We learn what you need. What we recommend as a basis is six treatments, which means one or two a week for three weeks, three or four weeks. Uh, then um, what happens is we, ha- we have early responders, responders that uh, notice something within the two or three weeks, and we have late responders. These are guys who notice something after two or three months. I happen to be a late responder myself. So um, uh, we, we do encourage people to wait the six, after six treatments, 70, 80% of, of our patients do well. Now, severe erectile dysfunction, we recommend more, uh, sh- uh, more we have different protocols, but we have, uh, we recommend more uh, therapies, yes. sessions. 
now we have maintenance. We've had we've had a strong. Um, uh, I'm getting a signal. I'm, gonna ha- I'm sorry. I, okay. I beg your pardon. I have to interrupt. Um, but you're, I, you're I, just I listening to Dr. Richard Gaines. He's talking about acoustic wave treatment for erectile dysfunction. There are indications that he's getting 80% success. This is phenomenal. You want to know more about this? It's very easy. Just go to Google and type in Dr. Richard Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S, and you will find him. Rich, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to contact you again in about a year. We're going to do a follow-up and find out more about this exciting treatment. And thank you all for listening to today's broadcast of Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. I'll be back with you in exactly two weeks, so listen in then. Thank you. I see trees of green. 